Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, June 25th, and it's time again for 10 Dozen Minute of Orange Peels and Earwigs with Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and we're going to give Jick a call right about now. Hello, Mr. Skullhead. Good evening. Good evening. How's it going, buddy? It's going quite well. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those times where I was kind of dreading the show because I'm at a at a low ebb. Oh. But then I thought, ah, you know what, Mister Skullhead will pick up the slack. It I was am. then that he'll carry me. I'm gonna pick up that slack. There are gonna be zero footprints behind you, and I'll be like, see that part where there are zero footprints? That's where I grabbed you and jumped really far. Uh, are you like sure you didn't Hulk. surf in Rio? Pleasure hunt two. Magnum ice cream across the globe. Across. Uh, Skype is giving me some fucking video ads while in the middle of this conversation. Yep, that is one of the uh, ador- excuse me, adorable new features of Skype. Is that it now serves up ads. You know, I'd, I would have been okay with it because I understand that anything we want to enjoy for free needs to be covered in ads for anybody to make any money off it. But their press release about it was this is a value add for users because it'll give you these interesting topics of conversation that you can talk about with your friends and family. Like, you know, if your conversation's getting stale, you can just talk about the brands that are important to your life that pop up on these ads. Yeah. Huh. I don't really even understand what the ad that I just watched is for. Huh. I read all of the words in the order that they appeared on the screen, and none of those things were a sentence or a product. Yeah, that certainly isn't a... uh, I'm not sure where to take that. Yeah. Magnum Ice Cream Pleasure Hunt 2 Across the Globe Click to Start the Game. Magnum Ice Cream Pleasure Hunt 2. Are you seeing the same ad as me? Is Is that what it's doing? Is that the value that it's adding? No, but see, now we're talking about it. So in a way, there's a woman, there's a surfer on the left side. There's somebody uh, floating on a handful of balloons on the right side. There is the Eiffel Tower and then the New York skyline and then a mountain that I probably should recognize. Maybe it is, I don't know, Mount Everest. And there's a woman jogging and what looks like a tennis ball on fire uh, hurling towards her crotch. Huh. Maybe that's the pleasure hunter. Now I wish I was seeing that ad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What have you been up to, Mr. Skull? Head? Let's see. Well, um, Friday night we went to a concert. Went to a Roger Klein and the Peacemakers show, as we tend to do whenever they're in town. That was pretty excellent. How was that? Same. Same. It was pretty excellent. Uh, You know, it, it, it varies in that they play different songs every time. And they occasionally have some new music. They didn't actually have any new music this time, but they did play a couple of songs that I hadn't heard live yet. I think now okay. I've heard everything that that guy's ever released played live. Okay. But then, then it's just kind of like a, a church service or a mass or something. You you go there to remember what it means to you and think about all the good times that you've had listening to this dude's music kind of thing. Is that what mass is like? Yeah. It's where you kick back and remember the time when you were in Mexico and Jesus was totally tearing it up on stage. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, only in Latin. Yeah, it was good. There were some good openers. There was a guy named Trapper Shep, and his band was Trapper Shep and the Shades, and Christ Almighty, they were good. Okay. 
what kind of what kind of song did they play? Songs, music, uh, a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. Okay. On stage, they sounded a lot like the refreshments. Their album was more like all of the searing guitar rifts that they were playing on the stage were given to a fiddle on the album, so that changed the feel of it a lot, but it didn't change it into something I didn't like, so mm. it was cool. We saw a uh, fist fight at the Peacemaker show. Nice. Was Weird. it up on stage? Did Roger Klein punch uh, J- Joey Gin Blossom? <laughs> if only. No, actually, the, the band as it is is the only two people that are in it that were in it when you saw them are the drummer and the lead singer. Okay, so not that guy we met at the bar. No, that guy's been out for a couple of years. Okay, did yeah. they did they kick him out for hogging all the ladies to himself? He got in some kind of fight with Roger. I guess he he wanted to rock harder than Roger did and decided to go do his own thing. Okay, he so was like, thing. I think we should shift our band's focus to weekend trips to Canada. Yep, and that was a that was the Rubicon that could not be crossed. The United uh, States was the Rubicon that they could not cross. Yep. Now there were a couple of dudes from uh, from Arizona who were like very proud Latino gentlemen. I say that because they kept saying it. Who uh, had been following him for the last twenty shows, and were drinking steadily through the opening acts, and it it was a progression that was easy to see coming. It, it started with, "I'm so glad to be here, dude. I've followed them for twenty shows now," and then. Dude, I'm the best Roger Klein fan ever. I've been following him for 20 shows. To, yeah, what the fuck? I've been here for, like, fucking 20 shows. Get the fuck out of my way, everyone, or I'll punch you. And then he started punching people. It was interesting that, like, security came and grabbed him and the guy that he was punching. And, uh, like, ten minutes later, both of them were back. And apparently, and totally well-behaved. So I thought that was kind of cool that security didn't just boot the dude. Do you think they took him out back and threw him into a trough filled with ice water? I think they gave him one of those hangover drinks, like uh, Tabasco and tobacco juice and Tabasco juice and a raw egg. Uh, you know, like in the, in the movies, yeah. yeah. In, a, in, a, in a ceramic mug printed by Tapatico. Exactly. With a uh, potato uh, chaser. And <laughs> somebody who was uh, simpatico administering it. Give me a shot of whiskey with a potato chaser. Give me a shot of whiskey with a chubby chaser. (laughs) Wow. I think Oprah's husband just comes out. I was trying to think of any other famous person who's fat, but, you know, famous fat women. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Roseanne Barr. There's uh, Melissa McCarthy from uh, Bridesmaids. Okay. Is that the funny one? She's the, the fat one. She's the fat one. Okay. I, mean, I forgot she's there was also, only one fat woman in that. She's also very funny, but she's certainly filling the role of the fat woman. But she's like the Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Zach Galetta. I've never seen The Hangover. I don't think I'm yeah. going to. Yeah. Eh, so the, the, the big hits of the weekend were the concert and uh, the tonight I pulled off the trunk protector that was on our tree when we bought it a couple of years ago. And you're supposed to leave it on there for a winter and then take it off. Uh, so I took off this big piece of plastic that was around the tree's trunk, and there was just a giant nest of earwigs in the base of the tree. So uh, spent what I, is an earwig? I spent the last twenty minutes doing battle with earwigs. Uh, they kind of look like ants, 
Only they have like it, horns coming out of the asses. Like it looks like they have a set of mandibles in the back. Okay. They they really suck. What are they? What's wrong with them? Are they like termites? Why 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 is this bad news? I, it's only bad news in that they're kind of gross, and I guess will bite you if they get pissed off enough. But you know, it's just like a thing you don't want inside your house. So, I'm hoping they don't get to the house. We've seen two or three inside the house, and seeing a hundred of them at a time just now was not so fun. Okay. I mean, in the same way that, like, slugs are mostly harmless, but are just kind of gross to have around. Okay. Do they they crawl into your ear? This is what this is saying. They, They don't. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. Do you? How many of them do you eat uh, in your sleep throughout an average lifespan? Well, you eat a ton of dirt, right, in your entire life. A, a metric ton of dirt. And uh, dirt is a good 50% of your wig, so like 500 pounds. But you eat dirt, uh, is that what they say? Like, because there's some dirt on the outside of your hamburger or whatever? Although I think it's more like a pound. I don't know why I went to a ton. <laughs> okay. That you surely a eat less. a ton of food in a, a lifetime, right? In an afternoon. Yeah. I'm a fat guy. Uh, well, it depends, right? There's good tons of food and bad tons of food, right? If you ate a ton of cotton candy, you're probably fine because it's light and airy. Yeah, but boy, would that be a lot of cotton candy to get all the way up there. I remember a, uh, a Saturday Night Live skit where I, I don't remember. I think it might have been Kevin Nealon. It was, I think it might have been in those days where uh, somebody dies and goes to heaven and he gets to ask St. Peter any question that he wants. Hmm. And uh, he's, you know, one of them is, what is the grossest thing I ever ate? And uh, he's, he says, you once ate a dead earwig that was in some butterscotch pudding, but you were watching football at the time, so you just kind of made a weird face and then forgot about it. Huh. Uh, and then uh, he asks him what the most surprising thing he might ever, he could ever learn would be, and uh, it is that professional wrestling is real. Oh, uh, that was the skit, as I remember it. So, yeah, you, did you? Are you are you at the point where you can like regularly like leave your kid with uh, the folks or something so you can go to these concerts and everything? Yeah, he was at grandma's that night and spent the night over there, which is good because they played until one thirty in the morning, and then we went home and then you got to wind down a little bit. You can't just go from like rocking to sleeping with nothing in between. Huh. I usually I usually uh, drink while I'm rocking, so that that transition happens very abruptly. I think we each had maybe four beers over the course of the evening. Nice. I've noticed that when you're sweating and sweating and and sweating and sweating, that uh, it's harder to get drunk. Were you dancing at the concert? I was jumping. I was pogoing. I was dancing. Yeah. Huh. Still, still Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Yep, they're still doing that thing. They're keeping it, they're keeping it real. I uh, I found my copy of Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy a while back. Mm-hmm. Listened to all of that a few times. It was pretty good. It's a pretty good album. That's what I say. Okay. Uh, I went up to Prescott. That reminded me a lot of uh, Fizzy oh, right, Fuzzy right. Big and Buzzy, which I listened to on my cassette deck, mm-hmm. driving around Prescott a lot. Uh, I went up for the weekend just to kind of hang out for a bit. 
we uh, we went and climbed. Uh, well, we we want we wanted to go and climb Thumb Butte, but we ended up uh, just hiking the loop trail. And then the point where you would go and climb to the top was like fenced off with all these signs saying that they would put you in jail for six months if you went up there because there were uh, peregrine falcons up there having sex, and they didn't want anybody to interrupt them. Wow. So that was disappointing. That's disappointing, but that's really cool. That uh, they're, that they're, they're there? Up there. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Why can't they go somewhere that I didn't want to go hang out? <laughs> There's all sorts of places. Was that the first time you had taken your girlfriend up Thumb Butte? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'd been trying to talk her into it for a really long time. I'm getting uh, up the Thumb Butte. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, because it was it was really cold the last time we were up there. Yeah, um, it was in the middle of winter time. Uh, but yeah, it was nice. It was nice to get out of the heat for a while. Although, you know, I would go outside and think, ah, wow, it's less hot here than it is at home. But it wasn't like, thank God. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh right, I forgot. I forgot that that's not the entire world at this point. But whatever. We stopped to get gas like halfway on the way back and she was all, oh my god, it's already so hot again. And I was just like, stop whining. <laughs> so, we ate some breakfasts. Uh, had we, we, we went and saw uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Why? Well, I mean, because it, how was it? Um, eh, I, I do not regret seeing it, uh, but it was neither bad nor good. Really, uh-huh. you know, it was it was silly. It was it was very much what it said on the tin. Um, it was not. It again, and I don't know what I don't know what this is. I'm not not exactly arguing with somebody in the forum thread about last uh, week's show, uh, but but a man who claimed that Snow White and the Huntress was the worst movie he'd ever seen, hmm. uh, and I certainly don't certainly hold no truck with that sort of attitude. Um, this was not. It, it takes a very particular thing to make me dislike a movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and it it always just happens. There is a fixed moment at which the movie just starts being stupid. It's uh-huh. like, all right, well, this is where they had to start doing whatever the guy who I don't trust who was involved in this got to start deciding how it was going to go. Right. Like, there is just... I feel like there is a fixed point in the first Transformers movie at which it gets stupid, and then it stays stupid from then on out. Prometheus was certainly like that. There is just a moment at which it got stupid, and then it just was bad from that point on. Uh Um, And Snow White and the Huntress never got stupid. And I think Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter just sort of started stupid. Right. But there... Well, you know, maybe it didn't. The premise was silly, but it looked really nice. You know, there is a there is a a point where uh, Abraham Lincoln is fighting a vampire uh, in the middle of a horse uh, stampede, and the vampire throws a horse at Abraham Lincoln, uh, <laughs> who who catches it and then uh, starts riding it towards the guy, and and uses it to chase him down, and then uh, and then just when you think that the vampire has gotten the gotten the better of of Abraham Lincoln, it is revealed that. Abraham Lincoln's axe is also a gun. Right. Um, I heard so that's that. good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got it's got a girl from Scott Pilgrim as Mary Todd. Huh. Knee 
uh, Mary Lincoln knee Todd Lincoln-y Todd Mary Lincoln-y Todd uh, Mary Sweeney Todd Ah uh, yeah um, So she's pretty uh, And she has that haircut Where you've got like a braid That is in front of your ear That then loops around behind you Sure And that's that's pretty cool I like I like to see one of those Every once in a while I guess Um there's uh, th- there's the underground railroad is in it. Do they make it a literal train? Uh, no, uh, but they make it. With they make it some people who, restraint. Some people. They make it a bunch of black women uh, carrying baskets with uh, hundreds of tons of silver armaments in them, uh, who walk eighty miles in one night. It's according to according to the facts that are laid out in the exposition sure um you know it's 80 miles away and we need to get these these armaments there by morning so this uh, is let's re- use this train <laughs> and then uh it turns out the train was just a decoy what we're actually going to do is have a bunch of old ladies walk 80 miles carrying all of this armaments it seems like given what i know of your movie watching habits these days that if a movie s- tries to do something like interesting and intellectual and fails then you like that less than a movie that is just kind of dumb and slick and just is what it is yeah what what uh what failures what what movies i mean i i think i probably agree with you but what in your recent experience uh leads you to say that well just thinking about prometheus versus abraham lincoln vampire hunter having seen neither of them you know, just based on what people have been saying about it, about either of them. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in a lot of ways... You know, sometimes you just want the honesty of a whore, you know. Well, sure. I mean, and and what what I don't want is, like, a promise not delivered on. Uh-huh. You know, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter promised to be a movie called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, uh-huh. which pretty much sets you up for what you want it to be. Right, uh, and uh, you know, and then it just it just is that I I, uh, I don't know, kind of the same thing with Snow White and the Huntress. You know, I wanted the Hunter, Snow White and the Huntsman. I think I said Huntress every time. Snow White. Why is the word yeah. Huntress so readily available to the tip of my tongue? I don't know. Huntsman hunts ketchup. Yeah. Ah, uh, boy. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, also, so the, part of the problem with Prometheus was that it was a prequel to a movie that I really liked. Right. You know, and this one was just, I, I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, when I heard that there was going to be a movie of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, I thought that that was really dumb, and I kind of hated the idea of it the way that I kind of hate the idea of, like, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Uh-huh. You know? Because that's exactly the kind of remix that makes me really uh, simultaneously distrustful and a little angry at the everything is a remix, all culture is plagiarism crowd. Uh Uh-huh. You know, uh, because while everything is influenced by everything that came before it, that's that's different than just sort of like, oh, I've remixed this by drawing some shit on the cover of it 
and calling it something else. You know? Although I would say that Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was kind of at the forefront of that thing. And that that was kind of an interesting idea. Like, oh, it's a cool thing to mix high and low culture like that. And I never read the book, but I thought about it. But then it just yeah. kept, it just kept going. But I think on the on its surface, it is not as noble an endeavor as the creation of something new. Maybe even something new that is bad. To me, you know. I mean, I I don't know. You know, this this came up the other day. Like somebody, and there was this maybe was just somebody trolling or whatever. But somebody characterized KOL as being primarily a vehicle for plagiarism uh-huh. and it it struck me that you know a, a a straight up just reference to something is plagiarism right I mean it's like if it is in the service of a pun or whatever then it is it is excusable but I don't know. I mean, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time figuring out where, like, anything sits on that sort of sort of ethical spectrum when when you're you're making creative works. Like, I I constantly am constantly afraid that when I write a joke, that what I am doing is writing down a joke that somebody else made that I read somewhere else. Right. You know, and. It's not the end of the world if that happens, I guess, but it would make me... I, I, I don't want to end up with that particular kind of egg on my face. But then it doesn't take too much effort to think, well, you know, we've built everything that we've ever built on the backs of the specific work of other people. I, I don't think that that is actually true. Right, because, uh, like... There's a tremendous amount of original work in KOL, and there is right? a, and that is yeah, and there's a difference that is inarguable between so there's a difference between like the song "Birdhouse in Your Soul" and a line in a combat that's though you respect that a lot, you'd be fired if that were your job. That's sure. not just taking they might be giants' lyrics and trying to transfer their fame over to you in a way. Right, but I mean, I guess it depends on whether whether you define plagiarism from a technical standpoint or an intentional standpoint. I think it's a fair use. It's a transformative use. And, like, I don't know, to me, I think that the pop culture references are a way for, like, nerds in a culture to identify themselves to each other. Yeah. And so, like, we're not... Here, you like They Might Be Giants, so we're going to pretend to be They Might Be Giants until you like us. It's, we like They Might Be Giants, and if you like them, you're going to see that little wink, and then you're going to feel like you're part of our group, and that's cool. I'm, I mean, I think that it, it, what, I, what I try to do, and I think what we all try to do, is make it so it isn't like, if we put in something that is a line from something else in a new context that we've created, we do it in a way that you don't have to understand the reference in order for it to not be nonsense. Right. Um, I think there are, there are certainly times when we don't do that quite as well, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess this came from Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter, which that was, that struck me as, uh, 
bad in the way that I think of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies as being bad. Huh. Right? And it's and it's things like that that make me it is while I think that it is like the state of copyright law is annoying and obviously the result of this sort of like inbred oligarchy controlling the way that laws are made I also just don't think it's that big of a deal I I don't think that it is the end of innovation and I don't think that you can say that like if Disney gets its way then nobody else will ever be able to write a story right because you know and I mean the, the explicit argument that I came up with the the last time that I was sort of talking about this was that like I do creative stuff for a living and if I lived 10 lifetimes I would never need to draw Mickey Mouse so what possible fucking difference does it make if Disney continues to own Mickey Mouse for the next 10 lifetimes you know if it gets to the point where it's like well Disney owns Disney has a copyright on the idea of a princess and nobody else can write a story that has a princess in it, then that would actually stop people from creating new works. Sure. And the other thing is, like, I get that everybody starts out their creative career doing things that are totally derivative, because that's just how it works, right? Well, then- what I don't... What I don't think merits defense is like, oh, I made this thing that is derivative and they're, and also really popular, and so I should be able to make some money off of this, but I can't because Disney owns the copyrights to the thing that it's derivative of. Like... That's the, that's the part where that I find impossible to to agree with because it's like well no I mean it's okay for you to write a story about Mickey Mouse having sex with Donald Duck to get your like writing cartoon characters fucking each other chops right. but you don't get to sell it right and you don't even necessarily and if you put it up on the internet it's okay for them to ask you to take it down they're kind of within their rights to do that you know and that's that's the part where it's that's the part where it gets contentious. Yeah, I mean, like, if we had modern copyright law in the ancient world, we wouldn't have the Aeneid because it I don't was, know what the I don't know what the Aeneid is. Tell me what the explain explain how uh, how this is. Uh, now I'm worried if I'm thinking about the Aeneid or the Iliad. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about the Aeneid. It's the uh, the Odyssey from the other guy's point of view. So after the, the Iliad, the Iliad is just about the Trojan War. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sorry, it's the Iliad from the Roman point of view versus the Greek point of view. So it's kind of the the other side of the story, but written later when the Greeks were kind of going out of prominence and the Romans were coming up. So they made the other guy the hero and they told the story, and that's not something you could really do now. Like you can't make a movie that is just Star Wars from the point of view of the Empire and not get sued out of existence. You know, uh, while while I I take your point, I don't think that that is I I don't think that that is a really fair criticism of it because if if there hadn't been slavery, we would not have any of the works that have survived from that period of time. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there wouldn't have been any buildings for the writers to live in. Yeah, because and if we didn't have, have work, slavery in America, we wouldn't have had the so, blues. So, 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 right, but that I mean, and that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it 
was better. That doesn't mean that it was a better system, right? Like the fact that the fact that something good came out of a system doesn't inherently mean that it was a better system. Sure. Uh, it's. I mean, that's the question, right? Like, the, but the thing is, I guess what I guess what what bugs me about this whole thing is that it would be trivial. Somebody could write a story that was Star Wars from Han Solo's perspective, and that story would exist in the world, and anybody who wanted to read it would be able to. What the guy can't do is fucking sell it. Uh-huh. And that, to me, does not... We, we no longer live in a culture where... And, and this, this is an argument that is, that is constantly used against my point of view on things. We no longer live in a culture where something requires commercial success in order to be a meaningful and lasting contribution to culture. Uh-huh. Right? And to me, I feel like part of the price you pay for writing a story where you're basing what you're doing entirely on somebody else's work is that you don't get to get paid for it. I was actually thinking as you were talking about Cedar Sings the Blues which is a cartoon, like a feature-length cartoon Little Woman made based on some Hindu holy texts and using a bunch of uh, <clears throat> out-of-print jazz standards for the soundtrack. So she made like she made this musical where she took an obscure jazz artist from the 30s or 40s and, and made that her soundtrack. And as soon as she tried to release it, she got into trouble with the family like the estate of this person and the debate was well none of these people who are profiting from her work actually had anything to do with it the work nobody would have heard of this jazz singer a year ago and it's because of this cartoon that she's getting her renewed prominence if they're charging so much money for the license that the woman can't really release the cartoon then the whole system kind of collapses and nobody gets paid and then, it, like, so I get that, and it was a really good movie, and the, the whole thing was a shame that she had to, she had to, she couldn't get a mainstream distributor. She just put it up on her website and said, if you like it, donate to me. Sure. And so it, she got around it, so that's kind of pointless. And, and, but at the same time, I thought, well, why did she do that in the first place? Why did she use yeah. those songs if she knew that there was going to be trouble clearing them? Yeah, that they weren't clear. I mean, that, like, and and that's, I, you know, it, I mean, with, the songs with, are awesome in that context, though. It was a really good idea. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, so I, I'm not I'm not as opposed to your point of view there as you would think I would be. The thing is, I mean, the movie got made, right? And it's like maybe it sucks that she did not make enough money to do whatever the next thing that she would have done was but but it's yeah i just i don't know man hmm. you know it's it, it's weird because i i do feel like this puts me on the other side of of an argument that i've made about the whole piracy thing right i mean it, it's like you don't have you don't have an expectation you you don't the world does not owe you the expectation. I mean, then this is the argument that the pirates make. The world does not owe you money just because you've put creative work into it, uh-huh. right? Which I agree with, but 
my you know my objection on the piracy point of view is well if if you don't feel like you owe me money for this stuff that I've produced then I don't feel like I owe you the stuff that I've produced sure you know and and that's it's just it's the, the it's all muddied by it's the theoretical nature of everything right I mean and you can't it's just I like I when it came time to make word realms when when it was like all right well we need some music it never occurred to me to do anything other than pay someone to make original music for the game uh-huh. right i mean right now we are pulling we are pulling sound effects out of like licensed sound effects libraries and i don't really feel good about that i wish that we were doing them all ourselves it's just been a thing that we were supposed to start working on and it's, it's like you know it's another thing where it's like well fuck you know in, in the interest of getting this thing finished on a non-geologic time scale we have to do something right, right. but and you're not this is a thing i mean you're licensing the music rather than or the sound effects rather than just licensing the sound effects right. rather than creating new sound effects from whole cloth which i would much rather be making them from scratch sure right if there if there was somebody that we could pay the amount of money that we are paying gabi to do the music to do the sound effects i would do that in a heartbeat but i just don't know although why do we want to reinvent a wheel if there is a huge library of sound effects that we can have well, I, the the reason that I want to do it is because I want to know. So, so this is a thing that will happen every once in a while. Every once in a while, there will be a website where you can license sounds, and it turns out that their source was not legitimate. Hmm. And so, everybody who paid for the license for this particular set of sounds, like, oh, sorry, fuck. Turns out we weren't allowed to sell that to you, so you're no longer allowed to use it. Uh-huh. And that's a clusterfuck. Yeah. And it's it's a. It is a situation that I would rather not have even the remotest possibility of it looming over me. And, and I think it is just because on a fundamental level, I believe that in creative work, originality is sort of the fundamental virtue, right? Uh-huh. And, and so I think the game would be better with good sound effects that we made and owned in the clear than with licensed sound effects that said you know i mean braid was just a bunch of licensed songs like there was a website where you could license songs for braid and that's what he did and it's great the music is great and was very much a part of the atmosphere of that and yeah you know i would not i think have been comfortable with that because i got to determine what the atmosphere of this was via my editorial control over the music uh-huh. um but yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I think I always I always err too far on one side or the other when I'm doing anything. Of course. Yeah, it's, you know, got to teach the controversy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it, in in some ways this this goes back to like my failure to understand hip hop. <clears throat> <laughs> no, just sitting around saying, "Oh, I love this hip hop song," and I was like, "Okay, well, this is a song where the good part of this song, the part of this song that you like, is just the good part taken out of a different song." So cool. 
I guess. Yeah, I think of that in a very different way. And I yeah. used to think like, but you know, a turntable is not a musical instrument. All you're doing is taking things that people have already done and making them, you know, doing them again, only shittier. But no, I've heard, uh, like a rap song with a hook that is a different song mixed in there, and it's it does cool things for both of those properties. And yeah. it, it, you can do it well, and you can do it poorly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that either way, though, it it is not as virtuous an act as creating something new. See, I would argue they are creating something new. Yeah. Yeah. Like otherwise, you get into like all of these songs are using the same guitar chords. Somebody already put those chords in that order and played them that way, and you're just putting different lyrics on it. No, I don't know. I I I think that there is. Uh, that's a that's a slippery slope that I think you can find a rational ground on, hmm. right? I mean, it like because well, you can't you can't say that you wrote a note, you can't say that you wrote a chord, and you can't say that you wrote a chord progression. You can say that you wrote a song. Right. So somewhere, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, you can't, you didn't write this story because all of those words were used by other people before you. There's a difference between me saying, oh, check out this new book I wrote. It's called Larry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And this is a totally different book than that J.K. Rowling book. Hmm. Right. I mean, there has to be a line somewhere there because there are there are clearly things that are on one side of it and there are clearly things that are on the other side of it so it has to exist and i just feel like you know vanilla ice pulling the drums and the piano line from under pressure was even though ice ice baby was an okay song you know it was it, it it was catchy because the original song was catchy, right? So it is, I think it, it is, it is disingenuous to say that Vanilla Ice performed as virtuous a contribution to culture as Queen did by writing that in the first place. Maybe, but it also is a, it is such a completely different song. Like, if Under Pressure was just that bass line over and over and over again... And even with Freddie Mercury singing on top of it, I don't think it would have been what it was. Sure. I think, I think you can argue for a, the contribution that Vanilla Ice made. This is a really fun example to use. <laughs> well, I think, like, somebody like Kanye West, for his, like, for some of his hooks, he'll find an old, like, R&B song from the 50s and speed it up and turn it around backwards and mess it up and chop it and screw it and all kinds of shit and it ends up sounding like something completely different that you you wouldn't have imagined it to be but it is true that he didn't sit and create that sound from scratch he started with a sound that he transformed so right at what level of transformation here's the thing though at that point once you once you have taken something 
and and transformed it to the point where it's unrecognizable. Why didn't you just pl- sit down and play something yourself on a guitar, so that? So yeah, I mean, why, because why the, can't the, you the end result, way? you wouldn't know the difference. Like you're a fan of Fatboy Slim, I find this a weird argument for you to be making. Like he didn't, I, he I didn't would not write say, so praise I, you, and he didn't I, sing listen, praise you. Listen, I like Ice Ice Baby as a song, right? I'm just saying that if I if I had to pick one to go into the time capsule between Ice Ice Baby and Under Pressure, without a second thought, it would be Under Pressure, uh-huh. right? Like it, it it's it, it's like okay, well, yeah, you know the the Lemonheads did a really good job with that Mrs. Robinson song. Right, but it's like, well, okay, they competently played their instruments and they played a good song that was already written by somebody else, right? So and would you take the fifties version of or sixties version of Tainted Love over the one that became famous? I did not even know that that song was a cover. It is. It was okay, a well, it was a straight up girl group song from the '60s, and when it came out, nobody gave a shit. But the guy, you know, Soft Cell took it and put those synth- the synthesizers and that beat behind it and covered it, and it suddenly was a thing. And it's their version is the definitive version. <clears throat> you know, I don't think even even if. Ice Ice Baby was a qualitatively better song than Under Pressure, which I... Uh, maybe it is. <laughs> I'm not prepared to say that it's not. I still... I still believe that the recording of Under Pressure was a purer act than the assembly of Ice Ice Baby. No, that's interesting. That's an interesting... Thing. I had that. I just had this argument with my brother-in-law over Christmas break, because he's a composer. So he was talking about how, you know, these kids today they just take things that somebody else has already created and steal them, and make their own thing. And like, yeah, like the stuff that like say Girl Talk is doing is the size of the sample that he's taking is so small that it would kind of be like saying. Dude, Beethoven already used those four notes in that order. Uh, I see but, with Girl Talk, I disagree. I mean, I, like, I feel like it's great that Girl Talk exists, but I don't know that I think that he should be able to make any money off of doing what he does. I mean, I don't know that he does. Can, can you buy albums of his? Because he can't possibly have cleared it. No, a yeah, yeah, tiny yeah. fraction of what of what he's used, and it's it's great. But I mean, that's that's the thing. See, like, it is it is possible to both say Banksy makes some amazing things and Banksy is a criminal, right? And this is the this is the thing that that it's like what what never seems to fall out in these arguments about whether reappropriation is a creative act or whatever is that it doesn't matter, right? Like, it, there is always. There is always going to be stuff done by outlaws, and it is always going to be cool, right? right? And so it doesn't matter. Like, the fact that copyright law exists as it does does not stop somebody from 
making a political cartoon anonymously that is a scathing indictment of the United States government where Obama is represented by Donald Duck. Yeah. Right? It does not stop that from happening. It just makes it a thing. It's and, and I think part of why it keeps coming up is because everybody feels like every goddamn thing they create needs to be shown to every person on Earth via the Internet. Uh-huh. And that didn't used to be the case, right? And sure, some great stuff comes out of there, but you also get a shitload of attention that you never would have gotten before, some of which is going to be unwanted. And, you know, I just, I think, I think that's okay. I think it is both okay for somebody to write some Disney fanfic about them fucking, and it is okay for Disney to send a cease and desist to the ISP and the, for the ISP to pull the plug on it. I think both of those things are fine. And I think I can live in a world where both of those things happen. Hmm. Fair enough. You know, I don't, and, and I don't I feel just, super strongly about it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, when it, when it comes down to, like thinking about copying works and and intellectual property i'm more concerned about like drug companies patents on drugs that make it so it's too expensive for people to buy this thing that might save their life yeah it's like hey yeah i don't don't really give a shit when johnny fanfic has written a really cool thing but he can't get it published i don't know if if he's not making money on it i don't know why it can't stay on the internet but, you know, you pays your money. But it will, but it, but it will stay on the internet, you know? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can't, once something is on the internet, you can't unhave it on the internet. You know, and, that, and that's fine. Like, it will always be available through illicit channels, and that is not an argument for insisting that it be allowed on official channels. And I are... Yeah, are... <sighs> I, I kind of was under the impression, and, and you definitely know more about this than I do, but I was under the impression that pharmaceutical patents still do expire fairly quickly. That it's that it's like a single-digit number of years before things, before generic equivalents of a drug become available, right? You can keep doing versions, though, I believe. Like, you can refresh your patent. You can refresh your patent, Oswald. Huh. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Pat, patents are patents are a mess. Of course, that, we, that is yeah. that is that is a system. Like while while I cannot get upset about the way copyright law works because I don't think that it's actually doing any of the histrionic harm that a lot of free culture advocates insist that it's doing. The patent system is super fucked. Sure. Like just the, with 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 software, very explicitly. I mean, it's it's just like I'm sure, I am absolutely sure that there is a ton of shit that we do that is entirely original work on my part, or or Chris Moyer's part, or Xenophobe's part back in the day that is covered by some software patent that was issued to somebody whose shit we never saw. Uh-huh. That they that that AOL could use to sue us out of existence if they decided to, mm-hmm. you know. And the fact that the fact that those laws, which are arguably there to protect innovation, do the exact opposite, is annoying. And the only saving 
you know, grace is that we are not big enough to be a target of anybody. You know, unless it's like I fuck somebody's daughter and he owns a bunch of patents that he could use to destroy us, right? Yeah, and it kind of sucks that if even if we're in the right about something like that, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so like you that's, know, that's a thing. You know, that my one, my one worry. My, I, I think kind of the 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 thing that I, I do a lot of anticipation of regrets. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that's just sort of how I roll. One thing that I am a little bit afraid of is that we will get into some lawsuit that will either require me to pay some harmful but not devastating amount of money to settle it, or to run us completely aground and destroy my own uh, my own financial prospects fighting it because I know that I'm right right that is that is something that I am a little bit scared of is that I would not be willing to back down on something like that if I knew that I was right hey, we I think at this point we might be able to pull an an oatmeal if we got yeah, yeah I think if we got a douchey enough lawyer coming after us. I do think that the troops could get rallied. I mean, that's an interesting thing to see now. Like, when the internet gets mad about something, boy, how do they get mad about something? Yeah. And that's... Yeah. In in a lot of ways, that is like the... You know, it's very democratic and, and it's great. You know, and then in a lot of ways, it is fucking terrifying to think of the power that a bunch of just it mobs of lunatics can wield. Yeah. You know, because it's, you know, 4chan goes after a different kind of person than something awful goes after. And that's a different kind of person than Reddit goes after, you know? And, and it's like, the internet is going to get divided into these like ideological city states. Sooner or later, they're going to, get on the wrong side of one and go at it without, you know, having an incomplete or completely fictional version of facts. They're going to pick the wrong target. Yeah. But what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, you know, like, I'm sure that not every act of anonymous has been in the right. Sure. Yeah, but what are you going to do? I mean, it, it's it, what what you're going to do is you're going to create a world in which all of the privacy that you think is so important has been destroyed by the justified actions of the government in trying to stop your stupid anarchist asses from ruining people's lives. I mean, they've already gone after like 4chan's gone after a couple of 12-year-old girls, shit like that. She 12, yeah. maybe like 15. Yeah. I mean, eventually you become as bad as the RIAA. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And that's about as bad as you can get. Yeah, those are evil. I'm going to start referring to them as the Mafia. Although, nowadays, all you have to do if you write a fanfic and you want it to sell millions of copies is you change the names of the main characters and the setting, and then you got Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah? Is that what Fifty Shades of Grey did? Yeah, it was Twilight fanfiction. And the, the dude got himself an agent who suggested that he could just change the characters' names and the setting. But uh, yeah, they were the main characters from Twilight in his original draft. I mean, that's... Uh, so So what I feel like is that that is okay. Like, I think that makes it okay, in my mind. 
Right, because but somebody if you else can, created those characters. If you, if you can make those changes and have it be good anyway, then it was good. But it was based right. on somebody else's work. Like the reason that he was able to make those characters so vivid is that he was stealing the characterization of them from that guy. That guy. Stephanie Meyer, that dude. That guy, Stephanie Meyer. I hate that guy. So that's okay. That's, that's a weird. That, that's that's a weird gray. That, that's Fifty Shades of a Gray thing. Here, here though is what here though is where I think the the difference is. I don't think that Fifty Shades of Grey relied on Twilight's success in order to be a thing. Like, if you just wrote a story about a mouse fucking a duck, I don't think that you would find the audience that you would find if you wrote a story about Mickey Mouse fucking Donald Duck Uh and posted it to DisneyFanfic.net. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I can't say. Like, I, I would bet that a lot of Fifty Shades of Grey's initial momentum came from people who knew that it was Twilight fanfic. Oh, yeah? But I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't say only having found that out just now. Right. I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, I can't really... I mean, I... Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, was that guy entitled to money for writing that? I think no. You know, I mean, I don't think... But he's making a he's making a entitled to any money now. for the work that we've done, you know? Right. I, I think we're lucky to have gotten it, and and I you know and and it's like a question of like, can we sleep at nights? And can we? Sure. You have to believe that we're adding enough value. To yeah, you know, for every green pixie in the game, there's a like Renesi Corman. You know, for for everything that's just kind of deliberately taken from a pop culture property and put in a different setting, there's something that is fresh and new. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely believe that. There's a there's a bugbear invasion, say. Although the bugbear invasion takes a lot of references and and rolls them all up into something new. Yeah. Well, well sort of. Yeah. There's yeah, like I mean, it's not when I was looking at writing those bugbears, I was thinking, what are all of the tropes from science fiction movies and specific you know, what characters or memorable scenes can I reference in this? Yeah. But then what do you say? Like when I was writing the Choose Your Own Adventure, it's Lars the Siberian who is base based on a lot of existing properties and is definitely a reaction to culture that already exists. Right. So, also, not something we're trying to sell. True. No, it's not something you're trying to sell. My copies are going for five dollars. All right. They, do they have a little bit of your dick sweat in the? They do. The after I cover. quote unquote autograph them. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, let's take a break and then uh, and then get to this forum thread question thread thread. There's all a right. lot of uh, there's a lot of people complaining about a lot of stuff in this forum thread. And I think this is going to be exasperating. Cool, let's do it. Right. After after these messages, like 14 and a half minutes, you want to say. And we're back. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Don't call me break? buddy, pal. Call me pal, chief. I laid on a bed and played a, uh, a brain-breaking uh, phone puzzle game. What are you playing? Uh, it's called Fusio, I think. 
F U U S I O. It's free if you want to uh, if you want to grab it for your your iPod Touch. Mm. Uh, yeah, Jesus, it's so it's some of the some of the puzzles on it are so difficult. It's like uh, yeah, a lot of operations that you can perform on some shapes. Hmm. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's get through this forum thread, shall we? Sure. Nightvol says, "Well, with Amazon's impending massive TLD power grab, don't you think it's time you got on registering .corn before it's too late?" Yeah, that was another thing that I'm worried that I'm going to spend all of the company's money on is taking control of the .corn top level domain. Right. Um, Hot stuff pointed out that that could be a big money-making opportunity for us because it is extremely easy to go to some sign out in the world that says whatever.com and vandalize it to make that say .corn. Ooh, yeah. And then you get all their eyeballs. Their P-P uh, eyeballs. Also, now that you've explained it properly, the new Meat Gollum functionality sounds great. I can't wait for it to roll out. Thanks for clearing up my concerns and protecting my cranberries. Uh, also, also, could we get the ability to hide skills from the top pane dropdown? It's really starting to get crowded in there, and I don't use most of those skills. But on the subject of hiding things, Hank's bricks are hidden these days, and it makes me sad. Oh, yeah, you can't see those anymore, huh? Oh, uh, boo. There, yeah, there should be a way to see those, if it's not we too We spent hard. a lot of time fucking reading through those. Jesus Christ, remember that? Yeah, between that and the Yeti competition, we made, like, six months of work for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, also, Cube, was the VIP item from Hobopolis just scrapped? Was it repurposed? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just never, we never did it, you know. That's the thing about ideas. There are lots of them, all the time. Um, as far as hiding skills on the top pane dropdown, I, that whole quick skills menu is a thing that I would probably redo differently. Because um, that, was, that was weird, and I always forgot that it was there. But I think having you opt things into that is probably better than having you opt things out. Also, 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 blah, blah, update, Corbett, Demon, blah, gift shop guy name. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Evening, gentlemen, says Child. I was originally going to ask you about the random names, but you answered that last show, so never mind. How do you feel about the globe-spanning community you've managed to create with your game? I know there's been a good handful of marriages launched and possibly families started based on people who've met through KOL, and I, for one, am currently still recovering from an awesome Saturday with some of my clannies, including one visiting all the way from D.C. just in time for a month-long visit from the girlfriend I met at Con last year, an awesome gathering that led me on a trip across America that was awesome all by itself. So I'm inclined to think that my life would be much less rich and joyful if, uh, it, than it would be if I hadn't discovered a uh, browser-based RPG with silly jokes, line drugs, and stick figures. So a heartfelt but confused thank you is in order along with the question. Okay, what's the question? How do you feel about the globe-spanning community we managed to create with our game? I feel oh. pretty good about it. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I, I mean... I don't think that you... I don't think that it is fair to say that a fisherman creates fish with his bait. Uh-huh. He just dangles his dick in the water and happens to have the kind of dick that attracts tens of thousands of awesome fish from all different lakes. Yeah, so when we think about the community, we always go right back at you guys. It's We're not sure why we managed to attract people who are so cool, but we're happy. I didn't realize that Chilled met a girlfriend at Con. That's pretty cool. Is it anyone we know? Chilled? Must be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is your girlfriend a Magic the Gathering draft tournament? Slash who is Chilled's lady? 
<laughs> also, uh, overlong sentence with too many awesomes. Going back to random names for a second. Scratch and sniff rock bame nans. Rock bame bame nans. Bame nans. I guess what I was saying. Rock band names on the asymmetric site. Uh, yeah, I found that generator the other day, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> um, sure, why not? Uh, on the heels of the... Oh, and Chilled is asking about the uh, right the random name generation things. Yeah, we got to figure out what we're going to do about that. Just everyone is just balls deep in other work right now. Mm. Oh, man, it's fucking word realms. Fuck. Fuck, is what I have to say. Just, oh, shit. Oh, shit, this got to get done. Uh, Sporefrog says, uh, Scully said that on the June 18th show, he doubts most scientists read fantasy. While I only have my own experiences to judge, this seems incredibly untrue. I am a microbiology PhD student and have read dozens of fantasy books, as has my girlfriend, who is in a similar position. Uh, what position is your girlfriend in, Sporefrog? Oh. I loaned all the Game of Thrones books to a lab coworker just last week and was talking about Patrick Rothfuss with some other 45-year-old coworker as well. Several people in my previous lab played StarCraft II as well. Pretty similar to liking a fantasy story, I think. Anyway, yeah, I don't, that I don't, says you, buddy. I don't know if that was an accurate statement to make. I find that, like, I know a couple of people who who say, I don't really read non or fiction books anymore, I only read nonfiction. And that right. seems to go with, I don't really listen to music anymore. I only listen to podcasts. And it's like the, people hit a certain age and they realize that there's so much true information to be gleaned from the world and its history that why would you waste time on something that somebody made up? Or why would you waste time on like listening to the same songs about fucking all the time? And like, I kind of envy those people and then I kind of think that those people are missing out on something at the same time. It's hard to articulate what the problem is with that, but I, I, I feel like it is a frivolous mind who will sit and read through all of these really elaborate fantasy novels praising the way that they make it seem real when there's a whole bunch of real shit they don't know about, and I'm one of those guys. So, yeah. That's where I'm coming yeah. from with that. I mean, I don't think that... <clears throat> I don't think that a career in the sciences necessarily means that you are a super practical person. I mean, I like I, I think that maybe wanting to be an engineer is is a result of you being the kind of person that wants to wants to think of a world in terms of systems. Uh-huh. And the real world is in a lot of ways, I mean culturally at least, the real world is impossible to divide into straightforward and tangible systems and I think a fantasy is a way of making a world that works more like a computer a computer program or a chemistry lab right. than, than a culture does than a real culture does yeah I don't know I mean I, I I have kind of made that transition from primarily listening to music to primarily listening to to, to podcasts but the podcasts that I listen to are entirely entertainment mm-hmm. you know it's it, it, at some point it's like well I'm only going to be able to read so many books in my life why read the same books over and over again yeah and I totally like get I, that like I used to and, but I mean at the same time like well I'm only going to be able to read so many books in my lifetime which means my lifetime is finite which means what fucking difference does it make what I do <laughs> it's like to, I just want to make sure to only reread the best books to some extent I mean uh, but yeah so sure but but yeah, I mean, I, like, 
it has been a long time since I just sat. Every once in a while, I will get drunk, and then I will just sit and listen to an album, like, for old time's sake, and think about all of the stuff that that album meant when I was listening to it a lot. Sure. You know, when when I wasn't in this kind of routine, right? Like, I mean, I, it's it's weird. It's I don't want to overwrite the emotional associations of stuff that I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. with the sort of bored satisfaction of modern life. Uh-huh. I think is what is what is what I'm feeling there. Also, it's so much work to discover new music, given given the ease with which new music can be shat into the world now. That's why you need a a current. Like, we have a radio station that just regularly breaks bands that I've never heard of that are awesome. Yeah. So, that's where I get most of my new music these days. And from internet uh, news. I'm still listening dating, to Call Me Maybe. Dating a new girl is a is a way of getting that for me. Right. You can only do that so much before your girlfriend gets a little jealous. Yeah, yeah. No, baby, it's it's just about the music. And she's like, like he you know, used to be marriage, about the music. I discovered this band uh, that you probably haven't heard of called the Red Hat Chili Peppers. Oh, that? I no, I hadn't heard of that. That's what it's called. Jesus. I read... I don't even know. I think this might have been linked to from Reddit. I read... It, it was an interview with Anthony Kiedis that seemed like it had been written, it had been administered and then transcribed by two other people who were as dumb as Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> it was awful. Ah. Um, flea rules, though. Yeah. I have a feeling everything good that ever came out of the Red Hot Chili Peppers was entirely the result of flea. Anyway. Uh, also, says Poor Frog, I can barely bring myself to read actual history either. I find it fascinating 95% of the time, but as Jick says, it's depressing 100% of the time, which is a big turnoff. I know this is bad, but it is also true. Yeah, and I guess... And I, like my, I like my history in anecdote form. <laughs> there is a thing about the human brain finds a story satisfying, and history is not really a story, unless you pick and choose it enough that it's barely true anymore. Yeah. And, like, reality in its raw form. Even reality TV shows are cut into a story so that we will watch them. Oh, man, I watched, uh... I watched an episode of reality TV while I was playing video games on my phone in the (laughs) hotel room in Prescott. I only watch television in hotels now. That's just... That's how I am. Yeah, that's true. That's That's what my life is. Uh, but I, it was one of those shows about people who go and buy things. They buy uh, store the contents of storage units. It was not Storage Wars. It was a uh, auction hunters. <laughs> I guess. I think was what it was called. They found a cannon, and then they shot it at a thing. That was pretty good. And they found a motorcycle, which they rode around a field. Anyway. Uh, Power Turtle says, does the Kingdom of Loathing have a rival kingdom? And would said rival kingdom, if it did exist, ever wage war on our kingdom? I hope to one day see a war between the Kingdom of Loathing and the Kingdom of Love. Without a king, which we are, it's always a perfect time for them to strike. But the Kingdom of Love is full of lovers, not fighters. Yeah. 
There is um I think the Kingdom of Loathing is just a a clever name. Did, did, yeah, they don't really do love it. Just, Maybe the Kingdom of Love yeah. is filled with assholes who hate everything. Do we want to just say that uh, it was founded by Loathing the First? Sure. That's why it's called Kingdom of Loathing. I remember I had suggested that the first king of, of the kingdom was King Domo Floathing. And it, even though that seems like the kind of thing you'd be down for, you, you aren't down in that case. Uh, well. Uh, Schlurp says, I don't know what psychological effect is at work here. Come back, Bloonther, old buddy. I promise I'll take you for a ride, for old time's sake. But in every single post in that thread, I consistently find myself in agreement with the poster that their former Yeti's name is decidedly funnier than their current Yeti's name. That's... <laughs> Uh, anyway, a question. Jake has said that the purpose of the world event wasn't to justify changing stuff in the game. So with all the stuff going on right now, Word Realms, new servers, etc., what made you decide to bust out a world event during such a busy time? Was it a creative itch that you just had to scratch? Well, there hadn't been a world event in a while. I had one that was more or less on deck, and I wanted to bring a bunch of people back with the subtle ul- ulterior motive of drawing some attention to the Kickstarter. Um... The new servers have just been have been sitting there, had been sitting there for months and months, and uh, we'll get to Kren von Salzburg's question later. Uh, everything about that is just getting super fucking complicated and annoying. Um, but they've been sitting there for a really long time, and the extra load generated by the world event made it so that that server work had to be done mm. at that time. It wasn't like that was a thing that was like. Why is is weird? Why'd you decide to do a world event during all this lag? <laughs> it's like, uh, well, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it is busy, right? I think I think it was because there was a couple of weeks where there wasn't a lot to do, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't even know myself without any heartburn. So had to make a bunch of deadlines. I mean, we work well when we're busy. Is part of it, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, world event, whatever. There'll be, there'll be some changes. You'll, 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 you'll like it. Tizow says, I think it'd be super nifty if there was an inventory section for skill books. Do you? Yeah, kinda. That's probably a thing. Uh, Zeril says, please tell C.D. Moyer to make the favorite set of the inventory work similarly to the shelves in the display case, so that people, myself included, will quit bitching about having a section for skill books or spleen items or familiar drops or whatever else people complain about. Yeah, I do, I do think the ability to turn on inventory groups, like basically multiple favorites tabs that you can define stuff in and then perform operations like put all items from this tab into the closet or whatever, like we can do a lot of we could do a lot of stuff if we had some money. That That is the thing that I would like to do. And one of these days, C.D. Moyer will think, ah, this is what I should do today. The, the problem with, with working the way that we do in a lot of cases is if I had decided that it was time to, to do a native tab chat instead of just waiting for Chris to get a hair up his ass to do it, it would have taken ten times as long. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff. It's like there are so many things that we ought to do that we might as well do the things we ought to do that we feel like doing as opposed to the things we ought to do that we really ought to do. But, yeah. Uh, The Midnight Crazy says, seeing the recent discussion in GD, is Jick willing to change the no stickies ever policy slightly so that we can have one sticky thread about the forum rules? 
what are the forum rules? I don't know. I don't. I'm not aware of any rules in gameplay discussion. I mean, no clan ads, but that doesn't happen so often that we can't just move them. No selling stuff, right? I mean, I was looking at a forum yesterday, a forum for uh, it was like a fan site forum for the Secret World, and there were more stickies than posts per page. Mm. Um, I don't believe that having a sticky with rules in it accomplishes anything at all, except that it gives the moderators a place to point to when somebody says, why did you do this? But the thing is, moderators don't need a place to point to when they do something. They did it because they were moderators and the reason that they are moderators is because we have given them the authority to use their judgment in moderating the forums. Right? And I don't... It, it is weird to me the number of... And, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that we've like stumbled on some like solid gold method of community management because I think that there's a lot of reasons why this works and almost none of them are things that we did on purpose. But it's like you simultaneously find like wow, how is it that you managed to have such a good community and why aren't you doing all this stuff that all the other communities do? Huh. Like, have a bunch of rules everywhere. And, and and it's like, well, I mean, you know, maybe think about those two questions at the same time. Like, it, it's... The, the set of rules that accreted at the top of gameplay discussion was so horrible. It was like, let's see how many fonts we can use to confuse people with and make it seem like this is an extremely unfriendly place, right? Because, I mean, it is... I, I, I think that the secret to KOL's successful community development is super aggressive draconian moderation with a smile. <laughs> you know? Like, don't... If you act like an asshole in chat, we're just going to ban you, and the reason is because you were acting like an asshole, right? And maybe you say, yeah, but it didn't say anywhere that I couldn't be an asshole or that this particular thing counted as being an asshole. And it's like, well, sorry, asshole. You know, maybe try again tomorrow. And if you continue to act like an asshole, we'll ban you again. But if you don't, then we have put one less asshole in the world and we win. And, and we the find that the only people that that tends to really annoy are the people who desperately want to be assholes and not get banned. So they're really mad that we don't provide a line that they can... They can, they can skate. Yeah, they can tow and then occasionally put a tow over. And, I mean, you know, I, I think if I you don't... lead off with this big list of rules, you're leading off with the assumption that everybody is going to be a dick unless you have those rules. And I don't think yeah, that's the like way the to go no about spitting. it. It's like the no spitting sign. You know? like we assume that everybody's going to be cool. And then if you're not, then we can we get to deal with you however we want. Because it, it, this is our house. I mean, it's possible that the mods are getting annoyed with GD. I, I got an email about how apparently there's a bunch of spam bots because we made the questions too easy. Huh. I don't... I can't believe that. I just can't. I can't believe that forum spam bots have a sophisticated enough AI to understand those questions. 
Which, which leads me to believe that we can't have both what I want, which is not to turn away 90% of new users by having a super, super fucking tedious thing that you have to do to create a forum account and not have spam bots. Right. Yeah, I, fucking internet, man. You, 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 you have a road that doesn't have any fences on the sides of it and it just gets covered with robot shit. <laughs> you need to put up some fences and then you're like but I don't want fences on my road darn it so yeah I don't think that I'm willing to change the no I mean I don't even know that there is a no stickies ever policy at one point I was just like hey how about we try getting rid of all these fucking stickies and not putting every post into one 9000 page thread and then they did and it's been pretty awesome since then I think right. you know like I get frustrated at times with the particular tenor of the discourse in GD uh, but that is a mood and not a consistency you know the consistency of GD has been good for years yeah, kind of slightly lumpy and slightly uh, viscous yeah it's good there's some chewy parts if you're into that yeah yeah uh, Zuper says, Jake, please inform the fire marshal that enough is enough. I have had it with these martial flaming snakes on this martial flaming plane. Oh, hi. Martial flaming. Remember when uh, the Astral Badger came out and we were like, snakes on a plane will be funny forever? Did, did and we, we were right. Are there snakes on a plane jokes in that? Yeah. Because. What like, I mean, it's. There are. He reaches into a different astral plane and grabs a snake, and if it happens on the nearby planes, it says it's a good thing Samuel L. Jackson can't see this. Yeah, but that's still that's still funny. Now it's funny because it's old and weird. Yeah, just like us, old, weird, and funny. Um, Sandball says, as always, people figured out how to make the new mechanisms work for them, and if anything, I'd say that PvP is now more essential relevant than ever before. Using gongs and PvP fights that now stick after rollover, it is possible to shave four turns, two-day softcore, more like seven in hardcore, off the Hidden City while burning off on the trail, saving the amount of SCGEEAs needed, getting rid of teleportitis, and reducing yellow ray intervals. Is it still the intention to make PvP essentially irrelevant, or do you feel that the current use, which still makes it mandatory for a top-end run, Imho, is within limits as you see it? Uh, I think the thing to do is to fix those individual things uh, so that they don't so that they can't be abused and then just deal with it the thing to do is not to undo a decision that I made that I am convinced was the right decision with PvP because of some weird emergent eye poking uh, Costanza Faust says, dry noodles plus smoking grass equals rasta pasta? Me kaha, brethren? Uh, yeah, make your chat effect might be too much pile on there, but it would be funny. And while I'm doing make a KOL for my seven-year-old forum sig, how about a dreaded carbohydra monster as an enemy for Age of Joris? Huh. Um, <laughs> um, we were going to do that thing where you could kill a carbo and then trade its hide into the trapper for whatever the current carbohyde rate was. Oh, man. Oh, I think I think we did that. Can you also uh, kill the knight itself and trade it in for whatever the nitrate is? Uh, <laughs> uh, what is Mikahab bread? Uh, 
He's asking if he yeah. could have it, but he was asking it as if you were a Jamaican with a cold. Okay. Um, I don't know about that Jamaican. Uh, I don't know about Jamaica in yeah. general. Well, we got... I was super uncomfortable with the idea of a chat effect that tried to make it sound like you were talking like a stereotypical black guy back in the day. Is that, yeah, what was I'm that? Still I, don't, uncomfortable I, remember, with that. I remember you talking me out of something. It was, but I don't remember what it was. It was like the black candy heart or something. No, that's still pretty funny. <laughs> Do you remember a, what it was? I don't. The idea was to you know, somehow approximate Ebonics by you know, dropping G's and adding slang, and it it was just a, a horrible idea. Well, what I what I don't I, the the thing is, I remember something like this coming up, but I cannot conceive of a way in which we would have figured out to do it to the um, point where we were actually talking about it seriously. Yeah, I don't know. And you know, I wish I knew even like what year it was so that I could read about it in the devlogs. I like to think that someday I will go and read through the entire devlogs, but I doubt if that ever happens. What we need to do is make an audiobook out of the entire de- devlogs. Oh, man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. If it was an audiobook that was read... I mean, it wouldn't even have to be an audiobook, right? We could just have Dr. Spazzo read it to us. Uh-huh. And then it would be awesome because every time like, it was some common name that got mis- mispronounced. Uh, man, sometimes I wish... Sometimes I wish that I could get away with trolling J.O.E. all the time. Yeah. But I just can't. I can't. He's a nice guy. And I can't do things that I know upset him, even though they're funny. Um, Quack says, hello, did you do that thing where Monday occurs on Monday and not Tuesday? I worked out that if I don't go to work, I can log on just after rollover, thereby gaining extra turns from the field guard potion. It is literally optimal for me to quit my job. Well, do it then. Do it. How committed are you? How committed are you? Yeah, it's gut check also, time. Can we have a moxie version of the V-mask slash navel ring for the sneaky peat path? I mean, in 2014, I will be glad to entertain that option if you remember to present it to me. Lastly, but not actually lastly, why no Deus Ex references like those automatic sunglasses? Those are awesome. If I had any Photoshop skills, I would put them on all the current character avatars. Um, you know, I haven't played the new Deus Ex yet. It's it's and kind also, of genius. I don't I don't know if they're you know that's not there's not so much going on in Deus Ex that would be like recognizable or funny right Uh I mean you could poke fun of I would be more likely to make a joke about the old man Murray review of Deus Ex than a joke about Deus Ex I think can we just make jokes about Warren Spector's wife was there something funny about her she's the one who came to our booth yeah and it's just kind of she's on a different plane I think than than the rest of us it's like yeah. yes this this is kind of genius my husband would be interested in this he's Will Spector you know but this Will Spector this is kind of genius he's my husband Phil Spector right sorry actually Warren, Warren Spector Warren, a ghost he War just notes. goes around making sure everybody's wars are properly being fought um there's a Metafilter user named Arsenio Hall and Warren Oates. <laughs> um, 
Also, if I say I don't like Scully, even though I do like Scully, will I become internet famous? Let's eat Scully. Let's eat Scully. Commas save radios. Hit F5 once in a while, Jake. What? Yeah. What? I just hit F5 and what? On forum rules. Oh, I see. A sticky thread would be great for some of the really esoteric shit that nobody could reasonably know about without being told. I'd give you an example, but none come to mind. Well, fucking exactly! Uh, and can you up the rollover adventure cap from 200 to 300, please? The Dog Delusion says, Hey guys, I'm really enjoying the current world event. It's my first time participating in one, and it's a fantastic. Well, thanks, buddy. Question. If you could commission any musician, composer, or other musical talent to create a soundtrack for KOL, who would you pick, and who would you definitely not pick? I'd probably go with somebody like Wagner to compose a 20-hour opera detailing my exploits as as an adventurer through each and every quest. I'd probably avoid John Williams, Bank Williams, and Justin Bieber. Who do you... Do you think Bank Williams is a real person, or do you think that that B was supposed to be an uppercase H? (laughs) I, I really hope that Bank Williams is a guy, and that he and only that he's does... He's like E.E. E. Cumming. He does not use a capital letter in his first name. Yeah, and I hope that all he does is covers of Hank Williams songs with lyrics rewritten, so they're about banking. Oh, okay. Or just all the H's are uh, replaced with B's. Right. I don't think I know any Hank Williams songs. Yeah, I don't think I do either. But, uh... Yeah, I would... I would uh, get, they might be giants from 25 years ago. I think really? we do a good no. job. No, they're already alive. You gotta. You have the opportunity to bring somebody back from the dead. Okay, Hitler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Mozart. Well, n- not not like you know. It's like I hope this isn't like some smart ass genie that's like, all right, Lemuel Mozart, um, famous dog catcher from. <laughs> in England and just a guy a mule in France whose name is Lemuel Mozart <laughs> Lemuel Mozart oh <sighs> yeah I don't know I mean Mozart but only if he only if it's Mozart from Amadeus yeah Tom Hulse has Mozart yeah so Tom Hulse somebody who's gonna sit around making fart jokes while they write the music yeah and he writes everything uh, on my pool table bouncing a ball yeah, and occasionally uh, shitting into the pockets because I, I gather he was not a fun house guest. Oh yeah, a fun house guest. A fun. He was a fun house guest. Because a fun house is where you go to shit in a pocket. <laughs> you know. Oh damn! I need to write that into the comic now. Uh, so what you should do, guys, about the lost key, is you should speculate about what it's going to be, and you should really think of all of the specific ways in which it could be awesome and all of the ways that you would make it if you made it, and uh, that way you'll be sure to not be disappointed when it rolls out. Just build it up. Yeah, build it up in your mind. It, it's going to be legendary. It is all It is all on me. It is all on me, and I am sorry. Um, I'm going to do that after the item of the month. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Zeril says, I recently suggested in the Lost Demons name thread that having a demon that gave you 30 turns of access to a new side quest zone would be an interesting use of that content vector. Some people seem to be into it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, what are your thoughts on a content-familiar type of mechanic that's locked down to 30 turns per day? I mean, I think I would always try to lock things down like that, but we always end up making those things friendlier uh, than I want them to be. Right. Uh, I mean, I would also like to design some content that couldn't just be burned through in less than 30 turns, but we're pretty bad at that. You know, it's just that... This the, is the Geordie Schooner. We think oh, it's that's the best interesting. way to enjoy it. 
the Geordie Schooner. Yeah, the Geordie Schooner is the best way to enjoy whatever beer that advertisement that's playing sound for no reason wants you to. So try the Geordie Schooner, everyone. This this show is brought to you by an Ge- ad that is shouldn't a, be making. Geordie Schooner is like a ship that you go on where everybody's wearing jean shorts. Uh, no, it's a ship that is set up so it can be navigated by somebody who is blind. Oh, okay. But uh, so, like, all the control, all the panels and shit are infrared. Nice. So you can only see them with that visor. And if you've uh, learned how to read. Dead Dad says, "Shouldn't we be concerned that the knob has been inflamed for such a long time?" Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, Giarge says, "The Library Clan dungeon is that idea lost?" Uh, key moments of gameplay are being reconfigured with the level quest updates, but it seems like you're faced with a lock and a lost key, perhaps working on other areas like Fernsworthy and the tower he lost. Keys could be added to make later short mission quests like those that appear earlier in the game, perhaps a way to visit some islands. A lost key, perhaps? Uh, that got that got less and less like a thing over time, Yarge. Well, I think he was thinking, uh, you know, like the Florida Keys, only you can't find them, so they're lost keys. Um. Okay. Uh, Rab Skittle says, "Are bugbears half bug, half bear, like owl bears? Also, why aren't there any owl bears in the kingdom, or yo-yo bears even? Uh, did you decide that the origin myth of the bugbears was when a bug fucked a bear?" I think that we talked about having the the bug and the bear being the boss of the bugbear invasion, and then backed off of that a bit. I see. What about B- BJ and the bear? All right. We thought that perhaps Smokey and the Bandit would be the bosses. Yeah, Chico and the Man. I don't know anything uh, about Chico and the Man, but frequently I find my brain going, Certain as the sun, giving you a tan, tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, Chico and the Man. Yeah. So I'm grateful to Chico and the Man for existing. Good. Um... Oh man, did I tell you? Uh, did I tell you the the limerick that I wrote? No, I would Fe- love to hear. Phoenix Comic Con. I don't remember if I. I don't remember if I said this on the radio or not. But uh, somebody from there was somebody at the table who mentioned that they were from Bermuda, and I said, oh, "I knew a guy from Bermuda," and Selden said, "That sounded like the beginning of a limerick." And then so I sat there for the next few minutes trying to compose a limerick about a guy from Bermuda. Huh. And uh, and I did, but it took a really long time. And so by the time I went and found him and tapped him on the shoulder and then just recited a limerick about Bermuda, it was extra funny. <laughs> uh, but here, here it goes. <clears throat> a horny young man from Bermuda put his dick in a live barracuda. Though it gave him a fright when the fish took a bite, he remained as serene as the Buddha. That's pretty beautiful. I know. I didn't think. I didn't think there was anything there, and and it almost never happens that I can't make something work and then just sit there and just hammer on it until it is something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like not. That doesn't tend to be the way that I do stuff. But I think that one turned out pretty good. We should put it in. Uh, we should put it in the Limerick Dungeon. There's not enough fish fucking in this game. It's true. Oh, so in the when you fight the bugbear captain, he says, in the beginning there was the light, and in that light there was a dark, and in that dark were the bug and the bear. Dark and the okay. light, bear and bug in the dark together. Okay, so it is about a bug fucking a bear. Exactly. Well, it's implied. It's tasteful. Does... Does every time a bug have sex, it go ape shit? See, that, that, that works... Uh, that works for me because going bug fuck is another way of 
saying going ape shit. Right. Uh, <laughs> that dude is bug shit ape fuck. Uh, I think did, did I write something about a bat g- going ape or going bananas? It's because it seems you know a bat would go bat shit. Yeah. Uh, ape shit, bat shit. What are other? What are some other things that mean that? Uh, rip rip shit is if you're moving real fast. Yeah. And you were born in Illinois. Oh, fine. What? What real? There was there were some turns of phrase. That's ate up. He's ate up. That was a that was a phrase. As in like consumed, or as in he has eight appendages in the air. Uh, well, ate up, a t e up, like that's like I. To me, what it meant was like, oh, that was an idea written on a sheet of paper that then had a bunch of key parts of it eaten away by bookworms. Hmm. That's probably or, what it was intended. That's probably what they meant, yeah. Or, you know, like you you had, like, this is an idea that is like the idea that somebody would have if their brain was currently being consumed by Hannibal Lecter. See, I've heard het up as in either angry or excited. Like, what are you getting all het up about? That's like heated up, right? Yeah. Just like the past tense of eat it is et. Okay. Yeah, that's ate up. Uh, also, dumber than owl shit. Hmm. Describing somebody as dumber than owl shit. Now, are these anyway. things you heard growing up, or are they things you read in Stephen King books? Because I'm still grateful for shit, fire, and save matches. Hmm? Oh, uh, from, from King's oeuvre, shit, fire, and yeah. save matches, and, uh... That was a real fucker row. Yeah, that one I only am familiar with from uh, from Stephen King. Erich says, yes, 37 dicks in a row. It's a reference and it's funny, okay? But can we get more than 37 shelves in our display cases, you know, for keeping our personal items organized? I know people that wouldn't want it only limited to 37 shelves. Ah, Jesus Christ. Uh, also, holder of secrets loads every picture in his display case. Maybe a way to not have that happen where shelves in the DC get remembered, which includes when they get closed, as in click to open. I don't understand that second thing. And I fucking guess we can increase that. Fuck, man. Unrelated to the topic of this thread, but related to the title, I'm just popping in to say that my first reaction to the title after misreading it was, what about Radiohead? Did I miss a special KOL Radiohead event on the 25th? I would have been very sad. You must be somewhere where it's the future. So yesterday I characterized Coldplay as being like Radiohead for middle-aged women. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah. I kind of... I got in a fight once because... Not a physical fight, but an argument. Because I compared... Like, Radiohead is to the Beatles as Coldplay is to Herman's Hermits. And people were annoyed about that. What, What annoyed them about it? Because they liked Coldplay? Yeah, because they liked Coldplay and they didn't like the idea that... Because it's like Radiohead keeps changing their sound and trying to do new things, and I don't like all of them, but that's interesting. And Coldplay found a thing that they do really well, which is that dude sings like his voice is the prettiest thing he's ever heard, and they just do that over and over. Yeah. There was actually, I mean, what this conversation was prompted by my girlfriend saying, you know, I actually really like this song. And I was like, yeah, me too. Who is this? And she said, it's fucking Coldplay. Like, yeah. oh, okay. I don't remember what song it was. 
Blue Scream says, In the Name of the King is an amazing movie. Could you please inform the rabble of its glory for me? Yeah, I've got it. Got it right here, but I'm waiting for uh, I'm waiting for Hot Stuff to get back in town so that we can we can live stream our watching it. Whatever happened to making the familiar equipment list makes sense. Making the drop down start with equipment that familiar can use rather than alphabetical. Yep, that's a thing we ought to do. Indeed. Any chance of getting the quest tracker updated? Even if it's just temporary, it's a bit of a bother to have it cut out halfway through Ascension. That's another thing we ought to do. Where is Harold the Halfling? Another thing we ought to do. What about the Yeti mounts? Wasn't there some plan to do something with them? What another thing to do? When Word Realms MMO is live, will the ASIM team be split between the two games, or will you all dabble in both? Ah, I don't have any fucking idea. We will Seriously. Con- we'll continue to work on things that interest us. Yeah, we will, we will figure we it out. we are able to do. Now, also, what's up with the lost key? <laughs> also, what happened to the corned beefadon meme on these forums? Don't noobs have any respect for tradition these days? Yeah, that's what I'm not sad to see go. Yeah, they're lacking in their respect for tradition. You butter believe it. <laughs> yeah, you butter. Uh, I think somebody sent that into Radio Bugbear fairly recently. Oh, boy. Mr. Skullhead, memes. Memes and culture. Ten, ten years. Going on ten fucking years. Life gets out. Life finds a way. Fred Levi says, Now that your kick has been started, are you sad no one wanted to win some personal FaceTime with you? Describe what the public missed out on. The actual description was kind of vague. Well, I mean, if it was an attractive girl they missed out on, maybe, you know, probably getting to blow me. Uh-huh. That's probably not true. Probably. I don't know. We did not expect anyone to contribute at that level, so we did not have a plan at all. The only one of those that I've seen somebody do was uh, <clears throat> Front of Lots Kickstarter. Somebody did the, the like, fly somewhere and do a private concert thing. Oh, yeah? Yep. Did he do it? I think he's going to. I did the level of uh, idle thumb support where I got to go hang out with them, but we probably could have hung out with them anyway. Right. I just wanted I just wanted a context to actually track them down at GDC, and also I wanted to give them a bunch of money to do the stuff that they were doing. Um, and I was also able to frame it as the sponsorship one, so it's kind of like advertising KOL and eventually Word Realms. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Tempe Quack, I'm dear Jick, I'm very glad you decided to abandon the concept of carrying limits in KOL all those years ago largely, as my collection of empty bottles of Agua to be in excess of 2,000 and there must be many players out there with even more any chance of a bottle bank to recycle them given the vast amount of ecological damage of the fire on the nearby plains has done could we all do, we could all do with being a bit more environmentally friendly um do you remember when there were deposit bottles in this country yeah. Is your state one of the ones that has deposits? No, the only place state I've been in that does that is California. Mm. I feel irresponsible turning in bottles for deposit in places that have them because if I put them in the trash, then a person in need will get that money. Mm. And they're working, you know? They're working. They're getting out there and doing something. Yeah, frequently somebody comes and grabs all of our cans and bottles out of recycling before the recycling people can, and I mind that not a bit. Cans and bottles, just slap your waddles. Just slap your waddles. Yeah. Do you got any waddles to slap? Not yet. 
That's more of a that's more of an old lady thing I think of. I think of dudes having waddles. Yeah, I've got waddles in my water bottles. The amazing Mr. Toothpaste says, "Sure, Papa stringing somebody into saying nice things about you is fun, but can you have a similar item that makes a player say bad things about themselves? It'd be pretty much the closest you could come to stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself." I think we were we did it this way because we were not worried about ever offending anybody. Right. Because it's really hard. It is really difficult to insult anyone. It is. It would be difficult for us to write a random insult generator that would not contain a lot of trigger language. Right. For something, you know? Even if it was just like, I am a butthole, then that would trigger a real traumatic experience for somebody who got burned throughout their entire body and had to have their whole skin replaced with their butthole. Yeah. That'd be pretty gross. If you got a hemorrhoid, you'd look like Violet Beauregard. <laughs> Is that what assuming? Uh, sorry. Wow. Weird says, so are you in cahoots with Valve and his Lord Flameface, a, a Team Fortress 2 pyro? Uh, no. No, we've never been in cahoots with anyone. Not even a uh, single Casey, cahoot. Casey Wiederman says, hey, Jake, how did you decide what to pay yourself? Your employees? How do you justify business expenses? Uh, I will answer these in reverse order. Uh, justifying business expenses is, is reasonably straightforward, right? I mean, it, it, like, anything that has anything to do with video games is legitimately research even though it's stuff you'd be buying anyway you know right like if you yeah it like it's it's just it's not a big deal it's not a big deal and especially like if you are a company that regularly makes a profit and pays a lot of taxes they don't give a fuck right like it's it's just not it's not a thing like you you can justify the flimsiest of things and even, like, there are rules about, like, you can't, you know, you can take clients out, which means, like, basically, anytime we go out for drinks with a player, we can write that off. Yeah. And I never, I didn't for a long time, because I was like, that can't be okay. But then it just totally is. Like, it's totally okay. And it's not allowed to be extravagant, but there's no definition of what extravagant is. So I think the rules against it being extravagant are just, like, you can't go out and, like, oh, I'm going to buy me and my client $50,000 whores tonight. Right. Do you think there are any $50,000 whores? I doubt it. In Scottsdale, I bet there are. Um, employees have either been paid based on, like, like on contract employees are, like, you know, sort of paid based on what they want to charge. Uh, and everybody else, it's, like, living wage, you know, nothing crazy, but, you know pretty good for the actual demands of the job I think oh yes yes indeed you know I mean and how do I decide what to pay myself uh, I don't the accountant decides what to what I pay me because I all of the income of the corporation goes through my taxes and so the part of it that is my salary has to be like as low as it can get away with being because otherwise like FICA and social security and everything would just take a huge chunk of it so it's like I don't even actually know what that salary is because it doesn't really matter but the, the uh, yeah the accountant decides that and I mean I just like when I'm deciding how much money it's okay for me to spend on personal stuff I just like how, well how much money do we have like at, at what point does it become irresponsible for me to do something and then I don't 
uh, and and answer to Hey Jack. Hey Casey Wiederman. Uh, Kren von Salzburg says, "Oh man, we're out of time. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm gonna save this one for later anyway." Yeah. All, All right, right, man. Sure. That was a super short show. Super. super. Uh, you mean you mean like as as you experienced it? Yes, in the in my subjective experience of time, it felt short. I'm hungry, and I'm gonna go eat some sushi with a lady. All right, but not off of a lady because I think that's illegal here. I'm tired, and I'm gonna go sleep with a lady, but not nice. in a lady because that's illegal here. Good night, Do everybody. It.